for Tim's Turkey. Located at 6010 West Mill Road. Mill Road to Wisconsin is where the pastor is from Clay Praise the Lord. So I found this article on ChristianHeadlines.com, and it's according the Christian Post reports that Christian singer Lauren Daigle will not be appearing at the annual Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve show. She was removed for the line, from the lineup after New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell wrote a letter to Amy Thurlow, president of Dick Clark Productions, saying... She had urgent concerns about Daigle's anticipated appearance at the New Year's Eve celebration, which, was, which is going to take place in New Orleans. <clears throat> I cannot in good conscience support the involvement of singer Lauren Daigle, who just last month participated in an unpermitted live performance which placed my residents in danger and threatened the tremendous progress New Orleans has made. <coughs> Not meant to talk. <coughs> in early November, she performed at a lettuce worship rally in New Orleans. The Christian headlines. Previously reported, Cantrell was said the event was unpermit, unpermitted and in violation of critical public health guidelines, and it endangered lives. Miss Daigle cannot and should not be rewarded with national media and a public spotlight. She harmed our people, she risked the lives of our residents, and she strained our first responders in a way that is unconscionable in the midst of a public health crisis. That is not who we are, and she cannot be allowed to represent New Orleans or the people she willfully endangered. So I guess this um, rally was spontaneous, and they say that she was riding by on her bicycle, and she believed the event to be legitimate because of the presence of police and barricades, and she accepted an invitation from a longtime acquaintance from the Christian music world to sing. And when she did that, she didn't bother to check to see if it was legitimate or did they have a permit or whatever. So she's not going to be on the Dick Clark's New Year's Eve on ABC on December 31st this year. So... Although I don't watch it. Right, but I don't think that's the right venue anyway for her to be trying to uh, reach people. I mean, they're going to be doing some of any and everything. The, the Lord is the last thing on their mind. I mean, I, I don't I, know how I they're going to handle it. I don't know. Everything this year Everything this year seems to be virtual. Which is crazy. I, you know, 
They even did a virtual cancer walk. I don't know how that happens, but, <laughs> you know. But but I just think that it's just it's such a, a, a carnal spirit that runs through those type of uh, events that I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, they they're gonna be celebrating. They're gonna be partying. They're gonna be doing all sorts of things, rocking out with secular artists and everything. So. Well, I know I'm not gonna listen. I just, I don't care for, I mean, I guess being, becoming older, your um, priorities change, plus your, your um, type of music that you like changes as well. Anyway, here's an article from thechristianheadlines.com, and tell me what you think about this. Joel Osteen and his Lakewood megachurch recently came under fire after the Houston Chronicle published a story detailing how the church accepted $4.4 million worth of coronavirus relief loans. After the Chronicle published their stories, their story, several prominent Twitter users, and it doesn't say who the prominent Twitter users are, took to the internet calling Osteen a liar, claiming he had insisted that the church would apply, would not apply for money through the Paycheck Protection Program. According to Revelant, Relevant Magazine, however, Lakewood spokesperson said in a statement that believing the shutdown would only last a few weeks, Lakewood did not initially, initially apply for the assistance during the first half of the program. However, as the shutdowns persisted month after month, given the economic uncertainty, Lakewood finally applied for the Paycheck Protection Program loan and has been able to provide full salaries and benefits, including health insurance coverage to all of its employees and their families. So he also noted that Osteen and his wife, who stopped taking salaries from the church in 2004, were not given any of the money from the loan. It is important to note that since 2004, Pastors Joel and Victoria Osteen have not received salaries from Lakewood Church and the Paycheck Protection Program funds do not provide any personal financial benefit to them whatsoever. So, you know, the person who wrote, the reporter who, who wrote the now viral Chronicle story took to Twitter to defend Osteen and his church after he posted that. But um, I guess it didn't help too much. People, people get mad about everything and anything, you know, and you can't please anybody or any, right. anyone. But if he's paying into the system, then he has a right to look out for the interests of his employees. <clears throat> I mean, that unless he wasn't giving uh, into the system, if he wasn't paying federal taxes or Social Security or you state mean taxes. You mean on the... On the, on the payroll, you know how you you oh, have to take. I'm sure he. You have to take out for all of that, and then as an employer, you have to pay into the workman's comp. You know, you have to contribute towards those things. Now, if he wasn't, then that would be something else. But I'm pretty sure he was doing those uh, things because they're required by law when you when you actually are employing somebody. So then, his employees have a right for uh, the, the help that the government is giving because they're paying into the system. Mm -hmm. So anyway, 
According to ABC 13, throughout the pandemic, Lakewood Church has participated in coronavirus relief efforts. In March, the church held a blood drive to collect blood for the Gulf Coast Regional Blood Center since most of the places the blood center accepts donations from were closed due to lockdowns. Right. Like you said, you know, you can't please the people. The Lord said you pipe to them, they won't dance, you cry, they won't mourn. It's like you can't win for losing. Yeah. So anyway, I ran across this article um, from Christian News Headlines, and it's entitled Six Biblical Promises to Cling to When You're in a Season of Waiting. And I took it to mean that a person prays for something or they're looking for the Lord to do something, and it's taking a very, very long time. And you're just waiting and waiting. Yeah, and reminds me of Abraham and Sarah. And waiting for the child, waiting and waiting. And, you know, we're going through a season of our own, which is not very good for some people. This pandemic has put a lot of strain on um, finances, on homes, mortgages, rentals, um, jobs. Um, and, and besides that, not only the pandemic, but the, you know, your personal things that you go through, like your health issues or marital problems or family problems or, you know, there are so many things that people pray for and they're looking for an answer um, they're looking for God to move, and it's just taking so long. But it remind, this article reminded me of a message that our pastor gave back in January of 2017. And it comes from Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 to 22. Matthew chapter 9, 18 through 22. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And, behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Praise God. So I know that people are out there praying for things to be changed in their lives, in their homes, in their finances, in their jobs, whatever it is, in their health. I know that because I pray for things. And I wait a long time sometimes. But... What I want everybody to know is that God hears 
what you say to yourself. And how I know that is because in these few verses, the woman who herself was waiting a very long time for deliverance from her disease, 12 years, she find, and she spent all of her money on doctors and, you know, probably anything. Somebody like said, try this. Sounds like today, you know, I mean, back then, it happened back then, so it is today. People spend mm -hmm. their money. They're going to debt looking for a cure. Right, try this. Oh, I saw this on the internet. Why don't you try this? Or this vitamin should help you. Or, you know, why don't you do this? And this woman, and actually, every time she went to the doctor, it she made got, her worse. Yeah, <laughs> sounds familiar. <laughs> she not only lost all of her money, I'm, that's how I take it. She went into debt. She got worse, and she suffered for 12 years. So that's a long time. That's a season of waiting for God to move. Well, she finally said within herself, she didn't say it out loud. The Bible doesn't say that she said it to her family. The Bible doesn't say she went and talked it over with her doctors. The Bible doesn't say that she said it to anyone, but she, she within herself said, if I could just touch I'm gonna I heard about the Lord and I if I could just get there and and just touch him if I could just do that I know that I'll be made whole and that was like her only hope that was her last chance that was it but she said it to herself and while she was while she was While she was uh, seeking after the Lord, a ruler whose daughter was dying or died came and interrupted them and, you know, went to the Lord and said, my daughter's dying. And this woman, she really wanted to be healed. But the Lord stopped and paused, and that could happen in you receiving your deliverance. Something could come in, and it could cause a pause, or um, you know, a different road, or something, a, a delay, or something that could cause your heat delay in your healing, or your deliverance, or your financial status. But you have to know that your strength and your hope comes from the Lord because he's going to take care of you and he's going to protect you. Now, the ruler, was well, I guess the Lord felt like maybe he'll take care of that problem first before he took care of the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, I guess dying, <laughs> superseded, um, well, not necessarily, disease. but the Lord, being God, knows that he's not limited to time or circumstances. He can heal. He can raise uh, the dead. And still, if the person, you know, uh, is suffering, he can deliver. He's not bound by the constraints that 
people have within their minds. So what you have to know is that you have to keep on praying. You don't give up. If you don't get an answer after one month or two months or three months, one year, two years, this woman was trying, looking to be delivered for 12 years. You don't give up praying. You keep praying until you receive the answer to your prayer. And then in Matthew chapter 14, verses 33 to 36, it goes on to say, Matthew 14, verses 33 through 36. Then they were in the ship, came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gazariot. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him, they that might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made perfectly whole. All right, so you probably are trying to figure out what does that have to do with the woman touching the hem of his garment. But I want you to know that no matter where you are, I don't care what city, state, country you're at, when you receive something from the Lord and you give a testimony and you talk about what God has done for you, it spreads. I don't care if you don't know how it spreads. It doesn't matter that you know how it happens. It spreads. Because in chapter 14 of Matthew, it says that they heard about what happened to the woman with the issue of blood. They heard that she had touched the hem of his garment and she was made completely whole. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. I mean, people knew that she was sick for 12 years. People knew what she had done. And people knew that she was delivered. And when other people heard her testimony, when other people heard what God did for her, they wanted the same thing. And so what they did, they started bringing, even though they were in a different country, they knew that God would deliver them. They were in a different country. They heard about the woman, and they started bringing their sick over to him. So you have to know that if God did it for her, he'll do it for you. If he did it for those other men in another country, he'll do it for you. He doesn't forget. He doesn't say, I don't think so. Everybody who comes to the Lord for healing or deliverance or salvation, trusting in him and coming in faith, they receive it. Right. They receive whatever it is. And so this article that I was ta talking about, a season of waiting, you know, we're all in a season of waiting, some of us more so than others, and we're waiting for God to deliver us or change our finances or heal our bodies or heal our families, save our families, give a, find us a job, make a way of escape for us out of our whatever it is, even though you made a mistake, even though you made wrong decisions, even though it's all your fault. 
you go to God and you repent and you you just have to believe and be bold. Don't be shy about it because he said, come, all who are heavy laden and burdened and I will give you rest. Come learn about me. He's not going to turn you away. He's not going to turn you away. There may be a long time between from the time you start praying to the time you receive, but he will answer you. And you have to know, even in this article, it says, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, chapter 9, verse 8, it says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you're going to have sufficiency in everything that you need. And you're going to have abundance in every good deed. He's going to, you're going to reap bountifully. You're going to reap bountifully. You just have to hang on. You can't just give up. You can't just say, forget it. Turn your back on the Lord and say, that's it. Or Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, let us not be weary in well-doing because in due time, you're going to receive a harvest. You're going to, you're going to receive your blessing. You're going to receive the answer to right, your because prayer. Because you'll reap if you don't faint. So you have to hold on. Now, Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, you know, you may be in a situation where you feel hopeless, but you're still hoping that God will answer. You still know that God is your hope. You still know that he's the, he holds the answer to everything that you need. But it's true that hope deferred makes the heart sick. You feel sick, actually sick. Your heart feels sick, and when your heart feels sick, you feel down and depressed. But you got to know that God's going to answer you. You have to hold on to his promises. The Lord will never forsake us, and everything has to have a cornerstone. Everything that, has, that is built upon has to start somewhere. It has to rest upon something, so we rest upon God's word. The non-believer rests upon their carnal mind and their own flesh, but we, we rest on the promises of God. So we have, if we believe the Lord, then we trust in him, then we know that if he says he's going to do it, if he's going to deliver us, if he's going to rescue us, it has to come to pass. And we're no different than, we were, than uh, the people in the Bible were. Right. I mean, I, re I remember reading in John chapter, I forget what chapter it was, but the book of John, it says that, Lazarus died and Martha was a little irritated because Jesus wasn't there because when he finally did come she said Lord if you were there if you had been here Lazarus would not have died but then she goes on to say but even now knowing that he's dead even now even now if you ask the Father will do it for you. So she knew that all she had to do, all, all, she, all Jesus had to do was just say the word and Lazarus would be raised from the dead. And that's what we have even now. We have to have even now faith. Even now when it looks hopeless. Even now when we feel hopeless. Even now when we don't know where 
our next meal is going to come from, even now when we don't know how we're going to pay our bills, even now when we, know we don't know how our family is ever going to be uh, delivered, even now, you have to know even now the Lord is working and moving and he will deliver, he will answer, he will heal, he will save, he will fix, he will help, he will even now he will do it, even now that it looks hopeless. Now, um, there's more to this message from 2017, but we won't have time to finish it. We'll have to continue next week. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now to our listeners, God is with you, and he is with us no matter what our test, trial, circumstance, or situation that we go through in life. God is with us to walk us through it. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's Food for Thought was, where did the idea of paying taxes come from? And the answer is Caesar Augustus. You can find the answer in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, which says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This week's food for thought is, shortly after the day of Pentecost, how many people did Peter baptize in one day? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.